All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the third episode of the Systems of Wealth podcast. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest, someone that um, is a original mentor, friend, inspiration, someone that has taken a chance on me long before anybody else ever did. And I want to use this as a opportunity just to say thank you, Scott. I really, really appreciate you. But today I am joined by the legend, Scott Shang. Scott, thank you so much for joining me today, my friend. I really appreciate it. Of course, man. You're Anytime. The... <laughs> yeah, um, I want to use today as really like, I mean, you've, I've told you about my sort of uh, vision for this podcast of just like building a library of conversations of the people that have made a big impact on me that I think, you know, yeah. are very special to me and people that, you know, have amazing stories, knowledge that's, you know, think much bigger and smarter than I do. So I want to use this as a way to, to share all that information. So, um, but I want to use today, or at least start with this podcast a little bit of just going back to kind of your like origin story, just to give people like a introduction on you, who you are and sort of your journey up until this point, we can weave that into how we met in our origin story. Cause I always love that story. I think it's super fun. Um, and talk about kind of what we're all working on nowadays. But yeah, if you just want to do like a quick intro on sort of your background and, and what you've been working on up until this point in your uh, in your journey. How far back you want to go? <laughs> Let's go to um, how did you get started in the mortgage business? Let's start there. Mortgage okay. business. Okay. So um, I've always kind of, uh, well, I've always been an entrepreneur my, yeah. my whole life. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I've told you this, I'm not, uh, I'm not embarrassed about this, but I'm a high school dropout. Yep. So, uh, I have always, you know, my parents were self-employed and so I've never been in an environment where you had like a, a, a career. My parents never talked about college when I was growing up. Right. Um, I have a overactive imagination, so <laughs> it may just be that it was never, it never seemed like it was on the table because I was very bored in school and, right. and by all outwards appearances, I was not a good student, <laughs> um, but I'm a, I'm a good student of my imagination and um, seeking out knowledge and experience that I'm interested in. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That makes and, sense. And so, um, and, and yeah, so I got... Uh, in the mortgage industry in 1998, okay. I uh, actually had a friend uh, who worked for a mortgage industry, and they wanted to explore expanding into farm equipment leasing. Okay, and I, uh, I had no idea what farm equipment leasing yeah. was, but <laughs> I started doing research and I started working on it, and I just kind of hung out, saw what everybody else was doing in the in the business. Mm -hmm. um, it was a very small business, and I started. Um, I'm very much a systems and processes person. Yep. The way the way I like to describe it is that I tell people, and I believe that I'm the laziest person on the planet. <laughs> uh, and and it's not that I don't work hard. It's that all of the work that I do, I put into leveraging so that I only have to do it once. Yes. And then I can amplify that effort into as many different things as possible. Yes. We love work where you do it once and you get like a compound effect of that effort over and over again. We love that. Yeah. So, so one of that is building a system or building a process. So right. If, if this is your input, what, what has to happen to it, how much of that can be, um, automated or tracked so that you're paying attention to the metrics and not the movement. Yes. And, um, and, and so that's how I've always been hardwired. I've always been hardwired on how can I do this one thing and then leverage it. And that goes for me, that goes just as much into the technical aspects of whatever job is in front of me or whatever challenges in front of me. Um, but I also use that exact same strategy for relationships. Right. So I'm very, very introverted. I'm not, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I say, I don't like people and that's not really it. Introverts don't, don't, it's not that introverts don't like people. It's, it's just that it, it drains our energy. Yeah. And you need to like recharge being just, isolated. Yeah. 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 There, I, there, I agree. I, that's like how, that's exactly how I am too. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it was funny. I read a, um, a book one time by a neurologist that was studying introverts and extroverts. Is it called and, quiet? Uh, pardon me? Is it called quiet? Yes. Quiet. Yeah. And I she, love that book. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she actually, um, 
she just did she just did an interview with Lex Friedman. I think okay. she has another book out. Awesome. And and so she had this concept called shared trait theory, which is which hmm. is very very common. So a lot of really introverted per people can be extroverts, but like you said, it just sort of drains your energy yeah. and, and things like that. Right. So I tend to build a smaller number of deeper relationships with mm-hmm. people that um that I that that really interest me that right. that you know and and that was one of the things that you know that I really liked about you is you just have this you just have this um you know just this 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 natural curiosity about you you have this seeking spirit about you and and like you have a lot of questions <laughs> and you don't have a lot of fears yeah and 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 that just instantly i i you know i really connected with your you know with your with your energy and your vision and and, and you're obviously very intelligent and um and just the way that you process information and and it's like i i, I love that stuff that's what gives me energy <laughs> is is seeing people that are just going a hundred million miles an hour and figuring it out as you go along. That's always how it's been for me. And I, yeah. just to touch on a little bit, like our origin story, how we met. So when I was 19 and just getting started, I was just learning Facebook ads at the time. And the mentor that I had invested in, um, it was like a 30 days to getting your first client sort of sense. And it was just like kind of basic stuff. It was like, you know, reaching out to referral network and doing kind of like cold emails and cold paint and just like offering to work for free was sort of the strategy. And so what I was doing was, and I wasn't really getting any luck with that for a couple of months. And then I reached out to, my idea was, okay, I'm going to approach nonprofits here in Huntington and basically offer to work for free just to get some experience and sort of get a testimonial and kind of go from there. And so that's what I did. I reached out to a couple of nonprofits here. And the only person to get back to me was you. You at the time were serving on the board of Patriots and Paws and we met and had lunch and you were like, well, I could use your help on the mortgage business as well. And so you brought me in and, and again, like you basically, you took a chance on me long before I ever knew what I was doing long before anybody ever saw like, you know, any possible capabilities in me. And it's funny because as I've, you know, got, had the opportunity and the experience to work with you over the last couple of years, like I have learned so much about that systems and processes way of thinking and having an ideal outcome and a vision and looking for different ways of leverage and leverage being like my own time and my own labor, but how that like other people can play a role in that as well. And what I've always loved about you is just you're like, you are, you have such a magical suit. Like you have your own superpower, something that you're like, you are so, so good at, but you just, you, you put it out as just like, uh, it's not about me. This is about the information and it's about me being able to serve and help. And I've always loved that about you. Cause it's just, it's refreshing to have like a humble, almost approach of just like, this isn't about me. And I can tap into like this awesome, like way of expressing this information and just leading from a place of help. And it's had such a big impact on how I continue to approach things and how I'm doing things now. So I want to get into sort of like you and I met when we met and had launched that one time. I mean, this was 2017. This is about five years ago now. Where was Find My Way Home at the time? Like what was the approach to the site? It was still just educating consumers and connecting them with experts, right? That was really the approach. I don't remember how we were. Yeah. I don't remember how we were distributing, but we were, we were definitely distributing. So um, find my way home was a consumer facing website that we started in. um, I I always say I started it in the fourth quarter of 2007 Mm -hmm. because that was, you know, we saw the crash coming and it kind of started to happen. Um, we definitely knew it was coming because there was so much greed and just excess and abuse in the mortgage industry. Mm-hmm. And what happened is there was this, this, um, it was really a, 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 an astronomical shift in trust in our industry. And you don't often have that to the scale or degree that we experienced in the mortgage industry, um, specifically mortgage brokers, which was what I was, was an independent mortgage broker. And, and so we were literally on the 24 seven news cycle um, with all news channels saying that mortgage lenders um, caused the real estate crash and were responsible for all of these people losing their homes. Right. Now, while there was some partial truth to that, 
Um, the thing that was 100% true is that now consumers are less likely to trust a salesperson. So I started a website and I just wrote about, because, you know, here's something that's interesting it is, well, it's really not that interesting because it's, it's many people know this, but anytime there is, there is conflict or uncertainty or tragedy, um, there is an equal and opposite opportunity yes, to, yes. Other, uh, to the other side of that. 100%. So while, while home values were plummeting and people were losing their homes in California, where we were based, that meant homes were now affordable for first time home buyers. Mm. So that's where the website started is I went to the state, um, the, the state housing finance agency. And I found out all of the programs to help first time buyers um, get, get into homes and home prices were, uh, they, it was unaffordable in 2006 right. and 2007. And uh, very similar to actually the market that we're in today, California is in the same situation. Yep. And, and something's gotta, something's gotta give uh, nothing anywhere near what we were going through, but, but that's what it was. So I started, um, I, I learned WordPress. Um, I, I took a college, I took a class at a local community college to learn HTML <laughs> so that I could fix all the I stuff that, that I was breaking. <laughs> and, um, and I wrote two to three articles a week for 10 straight years and I uh, got a lot of organic traffic and then started building relationships with loan officers that I knew liked and trusted across the country that had the same servant mentality that, that I had that, um, you know, we don't like, no, it's never no for me. Mm -hmm. It's always not now. Yes. So anytime a consumer is reaching out and that's also the general nature of most seekers on the internet is they're very early entry. Mm -hmm. um, they're very top of funnel, at least when it comes to mortgages, if it's not an impulse buy, uh, most online consumers are in a research mode. If you can catch them top of funnel when they're just trying to gather information so that they can make an informed decision. Yeah, that's what it really. I mean, and like the the fact that you just were publishing blog posts online for over ten years. Like I just the what I have like um as my as I'm building systems of wealth and I'm my approach to this right now. Like it's the, what I keep telling myself is play the game. Like nobody is watching, like just continue to put it Absolutely. out there and put it out there and take that approach to it. And you and I, like I've, we've had a lot of conversations about what systems of wealth could be and sort of my own ideas on it. And I think like where I'm at with it right now. And I, and I want to talk about this just sort of live on the podcast. Cause it's fun. And like, this is just an idea that I've had over the weekend, but I think I'm going to pivot a little bit to sort of that approach. Like I am somebody that obviously like you're, what you touched on earlier, the systems and operational thinking of like, this is, you know, you have an input and what's our output. And so that was sort of the take that I've always had with personal finances is like, there's a system to this. There's a system to like building an, a system for allocating your capital correctly. And the investment mindset of multiplying your money has always been something that I'm super interested, right? And I've chased my natural curiosity. That's what I, you know, that's how we found each other was just chasing yeah. curiosity. And yeah. I did the same thing with finances and I've been able to aggregate and collect and build relationships with people that have like had a very big impact on me. And so that's sort of the approach that I think I'm going to take is like, if you want to get connected to a financial expert, like let's, let's talk, let's have a app, you know, fill out a, a quick form. Let me know what you're looking for. And then I can connect you with somebody in my network that I really think can help. And it, for me, like, it's nice. Cause like, I want to take the same approach. I just want to give, I want to serve, I want to help. And the, what, what's beautiful about that is sort of the magic of just creating that and the relationships that come out of it. And like, there's something weird about entrepreneurship and doing that is like, when you just get started and you do it and like the things that will connect the dots are something that you would never, ever be able to predict in the future anyways. So I think that's the approach that I'm going to take. And I, I'd love your, I'd love your feedback on that. I'd love your thoughts on that. Yeah. You know, there's something really interesting because whenever we have these conversations, we're talking about two people. We're talking about the builders and the sausage makers, which we are, yeah. and we're talking about our consumers. Right. And, and there's nothing automatic about automation and there's nothing easy about processes and systems. Yeah. If anything, the simp the, the better the consumer experience, the more consistent and simplified the consumer experience, it is exponentially more intricate and involved on the back end. 100%. I, there's always more complexity. Again, this is my, I love yin and yang. 
and I, and I always love polar opposites. And yep. that's really what we're talking, what you're talking about is you're building we as as builders, as sausage makers, are always trying to deliver something that the consumer is going to appreciate, but they don't have to think about. Right. And and it's it's really that transfer of 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 trust. So as you're mm. building this product and you're building this perspective on finances and building wealth, you're you're really just you're an interpreter of all of these ideas and concepts that are constantly evolving. Yes. Um, but you're taking them and what you're doing is you're just creating this vehicle for transferring trust. 100%. And, and when you are selfless with your mission, mm -hmm. then that transfer of trust is, is there is as much weight in the deliverer of the message as there is in the topic that you're delivering. Hmm. So it comes across if you're just out there throwing out trip wires and, and trying to get nine 99s and, at you know, trial, and then you're giving them upgrades and things like that. Your classic uh, marketing. I mean, so, yeah. I'm not saying those things are wrong, right? but what I'm saying is if you lead with education and information first, like you do in this podcast, right? right? So like people watching this are going to get to know you mm -hmm. and they're going to know what you value based on what kind of conversations you have and who you have those conversations with. Right. So now I'm going to look at that and I'm going to say, wow, Noah really cares about this. This isn't just, he's not just building a, you know, a money-making slot machine where he's trying to trick people over the tripwire and get them into his, you know, into his upsell drips. Right. You're super passionate about this stuff. Yeah. hundred percent. And this is it, something that like, I, if I was able to find something information like this, like, I feel like I'm speaking to somebody who was in my position like a couple of years ago, I was just looking for like the right financial education and the right literacy yeah. around this stuff. Cause I just have noticed as I've gotten deeper in my relationship with money and it's, and I've evolved with it, like my peace and how I approach life, my decisions are more intentional, how I am like the actual active income that I'm making continues to grow. And honestly, like, again, we go back to it, like you being my first original mentor and like me having just such a, such an opportunity to like immerse myself in the way that you approach things. You have always, you, you've helped me a lot, especially like in 2020, when you and I went like pretty deep in some of these conversations and I was struggling a lot you helped me think very abundantly. And like, this yeah. is something that we talk about a lot is just like, like not thinking scarce and just like, there's so much out there and just being the, like what you said, sort of like the facilitator of people being able to be around. Like, how did you cultivate that with like in yourself? Like how did, how have you grasped that over time? Where does that come from for you? Oh man, I, I wish I could say I took this course or I yeah. have these three rules, but it really <laughs> isn't. Um, I mean, I am not, I don't know what it is. I mean, we grew up very, very poor in my family. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we were, we, you know, we didn't, we didn't have a lot of anything. We lived on the middle of the country and we kind of lived on a self-sufficient farm. And like I said, my parents were self-employed, but you know, we didn't have regular paychecks and stuff coming in, but for some reason, you know, some people will be like, okay, I want to be rich. I don't want to be like my parents. I, I was never like that. I, what, what I really dialed into was the, was how hard my parents tried to show the valuable things about life that didn't have to do with money. It's like, so how to be happy or how to, you know, how to do things without that. So right. I've never been money motivated for me, for me, money as a trailing indicator yes. of you being passionate about something that you can give everything you have into. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I've always, you know, I've, I'm a huge fan of Zig Ziglar, who is, uh, is, is he's, OG. he's, He's been gone. He's OG, but um, he had this quote that I picked up on probably, man, probably 30 years ago. And he said, you can have anything you want in life. If you help enough others get what they want. Yes. And, and that just always really resonated with me. And, um, you know, and I always felt like 
I always felt like that's what it was for me. Hmm. And it doesn't always, it doesn't always pay off. And, you know, and I could even say that it, you know, in some ways it, it, it's hurt me throughout my life, not being money motivated, Yeah, but there's more to wealth than currency. Yeah. Well said. I think like that's a big part of sort of the mission of systems of wealth is to accurately define what that really means. And I think it's, different for everybody. And I think defining that and like, that's yeah. sort of the the systems and operational idea behind it too, is like define what it is first, and then you can build your models and frameworks and guidelines to get yourself to this point. But having that sort of defined, which is usually like the hardest question in the first place, like knowing what it is that you want and then ba- backtracking your way to getting that, like it's, it, it seems very simple and we can articulate it in that sense, but like, that's not an easy thing to do to know like what you want out of this. But like for you, you know, you've had a big impact on me of just being like, I, you know, it's it, there, especially in entrepreneurship, it's really difficult at times to even have it like a clear path ahead of you. Like you can, I've, I've experienced yeah. it multiple times. Like you get to this point point, you're like, I, the road forward is completely dark and gray and I don't even see any light, but like building without any sort of vision and just letting something naturally evolve the way it's going to be like that's that's something that i've struggled with but you've helped me along that path so very much yeah you know i i think where that what where that a lot of that comes from for me is is um is understanding the things you can control and the things you can't control and and the only thing you really can control is how you react to and process the things that you cannot control. Mm, mm-hmm. And so, and so in, 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 in this is, and you and I've had a lot of these conversations about goals yeah. and goal setting and yeah, things something like I that. Wanted and, to talk to you about. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't like goals because, um, and this is kind of a Jordan Peterson thing, right? Mm-hmm. So you, we are, we are constantly negotiating with our future selves, right? And so how do I know who I will be in the future? Because so if I'm picking something that I want now, based on my experience up to this point, how do I know that that's going to be even valuable to me five years into the future? I'm going to be a different person. So for me, the journey is the destination. Hmm. And and it's like every step, we have 100% control over how we react or how we act right in those moments yes and and that includes a lot of failure right, right? You, right. you know part of part of not caring well part of part of being okay with anything is 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 just not not being dead set on what you think the outcome should be. Yes. Like relinquishing the control of what this outcome is like and the expectation of what it specifically needs to be or what it needs to look like. Right. I mean, and that's so counterintuitive to 30 years of sales and NLP (laughs) and, and, and it's a numbers game and and influencing people and, and this kind of thing. It's very, very counterintuitive it sounds counterintuitive, but there really is. It, it's it's not as encounter as in, it's not as counterintuitive as you think once you get into it because there's always an under there's always an undertow of this kind of flexibility and this malleability in your right. vision. Yes, because like going back to what you said too, like when you define a specific objective or an outcome, like you are usually projecting that into the future based on like what you've experienced in the past and what's happening right now. And when you let go of like what that ideal outcome needs to be, then like you're just open to what is happening in here in the moment and then making the best decision for like what I have and my resources as far as like capital, network, leverage, all that stuff. And like my big big motto going back to pandemic when you and I talked about it a lot in 2020 was like not trying to like stop trying to solve problems before they exist. Like letting go of like, this is like all this is coming my way and I don't know how to handle it. And it's just like being present with what's happening here right now. And I think a big part of like building wealth, right. Is like getting to the point where like you're financially free and defining that. I think there's like multiple ways you can define it. Like in a traditional sense, it's like, okay, I have enough productive capital invested so that I'm earning a yield and it pays for my lifestyle. Right. Like I can live off of my investment portfolio. Great. But I think what we're truly after is like 
the feeling that we think we're going to get when that happens. Right. And that feeling yeah. we can achieve now. Like, and I think anybody that's watching this can witness why I feel like I have some taste of that because it's you, like you've given me the ways to unlock the wealth that, and the feeling that I'm seeking just now. And that comes with loving, like my time that I get to spend now with the people that I want to do doing meaningful yeah. work. Like when you're yes. okay with your life now, just how it exists and you let go of all that other control, then like, again, this goes back to like a theme of you and I a lot is like getting to the truth. Like when you don't have an experience or like a specific outcome, you allow things to just happen. And then like the truth sort of reveals itself. Yeah. You continue to just pull away at it and you just do it. And like, because failures are going to happen and it's just a prerequisite to success or entrepreneurship, whatever you want to call it, then it's just like, you don't stop when you fail. Then it's just like, okay, that was part of the journey. It's part of the process. I learned, I got new input and now I continue to just evolve and evolve and evolve. And, and, and I don't, I don't, you know, words have, words have meanings. And yes. I don't think when you're on this journey, there's no such thing as failure. There's only lessons learned. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it's like the worst thing that could happen is that you never fail. Right. Because <laughs> you're, you, because that either means you're not trying hard enough or you're not challenging yourself enough right. or you're not being honest with yourself. Yes. Because, because we don't know what we don't know. Mm. Right. And, and yes. I love this word and I love this word reveals or, 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 or revelation because it really, it, it forces you to live in the moment right. and recognize what's happening in the moment. So it, it, at this point, instead of you being, you know, the Genghis Khan of sales and just kill them all and let God sort them out. Right. You're very, very present in every single moment. And you're making yes. conscious and conscious decisions based in your ethics, your morality and your values. And you're maintaining that integrity of who you want to be. Right. That is your self-worth. Right. That might not mm -hmm. be your financial worth, but that might be your self-worth. You don't feel like you have to sacrifice yourself for financial worth. Right. And I think that's how a lot of people act. They have to make these sacrifices. I have to do these things in order to get that money. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. And, and, and the challenge is, is that's a transactional scarcity mindset. And then the goal is the money. But then once you have the money, now what, you know, that's the, mm. that's the, 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 the thing it's not going to change who you are. It's just going to change some of the circumstances of, of some of the things in your, in your life. Right. hundred percent. And like the, the, the revelation, the relinquishing control, like it comes back to just being like, I'm happy with the way it is. Like what I always go back to is like, even if I did have you know, all the money in the world, all, you know, in my, and I had access to it. Like what, what would, what would I do differently? Like the way that I yeah. spend my time in my life now, I already feel like I've won. I already feel like I'm there. Yeah. You know? Like that's a big part of it. And I think it's the same sort of thing. Like I think people will sacrifice something now to feel like I need, I have to do this now to get this X, whatever in the future. Right. But like when you, the weird thing about that is just in like coming back to just like, well, I'm going to do it now. And you've, and you like let go of control of the money in a sense. Like anytime that I stopped thinking about money is when I realized like I was being too, usually like consuming too much and being too selfish rather than coming from a place of like, I need to produce, I need to serve, I need to help. And the money, like you said, is sort of a lag indicator of that. Like it's just a byproduct of you putting value into the marketplace and people responding to your message or offer, whatever you're putting out there. And that is, like I, I and, and like it's the money attraction and whatever that sort of is, but like it's part. It's just again, it's like the lag of putting this out there and doing it, and you know, and attracting that, attracting people to you in a sense. Like the people is where that money yeah. comes from. And and it's it's a little bit longer of a game. It's not a transactional. Yes. It's not a transactional effort. It's not I put in a quarter and get out a gumball. Right. It's it's you know, and, and you know this about me and, 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 and it's really funny because as introverted as I am and, and <laughs> as small as my circle is, I am very, very good at investing and amplifying in the compound interest of trust and deep relationships with deep thinkers and people that I like. So I'm always 
trying to connect people with other people. Yeah. You should meet this person. I think you two think a lot alike. Right. And that's one of the greatest joys of my life is, is just looking for those opportunities to make those connections. Right. And, and that's, you know, and, and, and you talk about compound interest in, 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 in investment, in investment vehicles, mm-hmm. but in relationship vehicles, the wealth that can come out of that is so exponentially greater than anything you could possibly conceive yes. yeah, in yeah. the moment. Yes. Right. Because 100%. it's so much bigger than you and your yes. capability. Right. And like, that goes back to like a, a, a position of leverage too. And this is something that like I've learned yeah. from you a lot is like building, like having a strong referral, not even like referral network, but just a strong network around you gives you a sense of feeling bulletproof in a way. It's like, I don't necessarily need to have all the answers, but I can easily like connect you to someone that I know has all the answers or just being that sort of that middleman of like, you're here, you need to get here here's the perfect person for you to have a conversation with. Like you've opened me up to like that experience of being able to just to like be in a position to do that for other people is like one of the, like, Oh, it's, I I love getting to experience that. Like it puts a smile on my face every time of just like making that introduction. It's beautiful. And it, and it makes me look like a rock star. I mean, I I can't even count how many times I've looked like an absolute rock star by saying, you need to meet my boy, Noah. <laughs> I need to introduce you to this guy. And it's like, it, it's like, it, it really is. And it's like, you, you know, it's, it's because I, I, I know you and I, and, and, and I respect you and I appreciate what you do. And so I can feel good mm. about sending people your way because right. we we've invested in this relationship over the, over the years. And we right. share those, we share that value, Yes, you know, that value of, of listen. And, and then as far as, and on your side, you're like, well, if Scott trust me with this, now you're hypersensitive to that relationship that yes. you just started because it comes with that, that transfer of trust comes with it. hundred percent. So yeah. And, and it's like the wealth that's derived from that kind of mutual, you know, respect and investing in those particular relationships. And I, and I laugh because I don't have a hundred people that I know that I would introduce one or two people to, I know about 15 or 20 people that I would introduce <laughs> 100% of them yes. to anybody. Anytime right. I talk to somebody, yeah, dude. I'm like, you need to talk to this person, this person, <laughs> this person. I love it. And, and that's that, you know, I just love that there's a compound interest aspect to relationships. All right. We are back after some technical difficulties, but um, so one other thing I want to talk to you about, and this like being my first experience building a podcast and doing these kind of longer form conversations. And this has taken me a while to almost like be, well, one, like, okay with putting my thoughts out there, like sharing things online. It's never something that I've done before. And you having, you know, decade, you know, plus of experience of doing that now. Um, But like when you're, you know, doing like a podcast or being like a podcaster and are having these conversations, like what are, you know, you have a podcast as well with Dustin and Ricardo, shout out. Um, what are some of your, like, you know, how, how do you approach podcasts? Like what's, what's like the, what are some keys to success for starting a new podcaster and just having these types of conversations? Man, I, I wish I had a key to success. I, I've, I've done a lot of, of kind of broadcast or call it one to many mediums. Yeah. Um, uh, I've done radio shows before in, in, in the mortgage space. Well, wasn't in the mortgage space. It was with like a, a local college, uh, it's Cal State Long Beach. Okay. We actually had a radio show that went out of there, um, and I've done a lot of podcasts. You know, honestly, it's it's um, and for me, it was a little bit harder because I'm I am very introverted and I'm very self conscious, mm-hmm. um, and and I'm you know, I'm scared to death of putting stuff out there and having people think that you're going to be stupid. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting, <laughs> yes. but what's interesting is that it's, here's the cool thing about podcasts and this type of one to many medium is even though it's a one to many effort. So you're, we are talking now to, um, X in this equation is we don't know what the audience is going to be for this conversation that we're at. Yep. But it, it, and so you have to, and then this again comes back to coming to terms with 
but it's something that I'm passionate about uh, and, and it's something that I hmm. really care about. So if you're passionate about it, and again, this comes, this comes down to intent, what is your intent? So the only reason yes. we did the podcast with Dustin and Ricardo is because the three of us used to sit around all day and just talk about, talk about stuff. Right. And, and so the idea was, we're interested in what we're talking about. So why not put it into a medium where other people might be interested to be a fly on the wall with right. our conversation? Yes. So I think that's really, really important is it has to be something that you're genuinely passionate about. Right. Um, you know, when it comes to podcasts, I love Joe Rogan. You, you, you know, you're in a Joe Rogan too. Absolutely. Um, He's just a curious soul. Yeah. Like, like he's just an unbelievably curious person and he right. doesn't walk into it with any preconceived notions. And one of the things that mm. he often says is he is never, um, he does not marry any ideas. Mm. Like he never, he never puts everything into one idea. Yes. He's always looking for ways to challenge his thoughts and challenge his ideas. Right. So he's genuinely curious. Right. So, right. you know, right now, this conversation, even though you and I have had this conversation 200 times, it's <laughs> never been this conversation. Right. But the, curiosity and the exploration that's happening in this conversation is something that you've always carried with you and something that I always carry with me. Yes. So, and so let's, let's, let's take a step back. Now we're in a one to many medium with the X factor in the equation being, we'll never know you and I have no idea of, or no way to anticipate how many people this will reach. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, this is a one-on-one -on -one conversation Yeah, because only one person at a time is viewing this conversation. Right. So, so you just have to be yourself. Hmm. You can't, you have to be authentic. There right. has to be some sort of genuine authenticity into what you do. And there's two reasons for that. Number one, um, you're not going to stick with it if you're just doing it because you're trying to monetize it. Yep. Like I'm going to do this podcast because I want to monetize it. I'm going to start this YouTube channel mm. because I want a hundred thousand subscribers and I want $10,000 a month yes. in revenue. Right. Again, specific like outcome and expl like expectation of what Cor this means. Correct. Yeah. Good luck building <laughs> that big of an audience if you think you're going to trick them into being a subscriber. Dude, yes. Right? right? So like if you don't bring something genuine, and, and here's the thing, hmm. it, there is the cool thing about the internet and the cool thing about algorithms is there is an audience for everything. Yep. Like you can literally be the person that is in this perfect, this profession that loves French Bulldogs. <laughs> right? So, <laughs> and there is a, there is an audience for people that love French Bulldogs Yeah. that, oh, wow, that guy loves French Bulldogs and they're an expert in this. So I already know I share this with them. Right. So it's like, it's, but it's, that's something you're passionate about. Yeah. You're passionate about your pet. Right. Nobody's passionate about money. Mm. Everybody's passionate about what they think money will do for them. Yes. hundred percent. Oh, I right? love that. I, there's two big things that come out of that one. Like I think starting in like marketing and Facebook ads, like something that I've struggled with. And I think that I'm starting to, I mean, I think it's still something that I struggle with, but sometimes like understanding like the amount of people that you can reach or like building an audience like that, like it's something that I have a hard time almost like conceptualizing and, and grasping at sometimes. And the other part of it that I've learned a lot from you, and I think it's part of me maturing as a business owner and as an entrepreneur of just like when, like <clears throat> when I was getting started of like building a business online, it is very like, you can get caught in the trap of like, cookie cutter sort of like copy like a business model and paste it and you're just it is a very yeah. transactional sort of play and being around you and being around guys like you know Perry, like being in the Perry Marshall sort of world like yeah. this idea of like art and business and yeah. being like not all business owners are like entrepreneurs are business owners but not all business owners are entrepreneurs in a sense of like this is our art this is what we create 
And that to me is very like, it's something that I've been, um, that I've struggled cultivating in my own sort of approach. But like that to me is like a, a moat in your business. It's a competitive like way to, you know, separate yourself of just being authentic and being true and being genuine. But like embracing that is very, it's, it's weird. It's a weird process of just being like, you know what, I'm just going to do this. And this is like, I, I feel compelled to have these conversations. I just need to put this out there and I have no idea what it's going to turn into. But I think again, like that's the magic of life and entrepreneurship and business is just like, well, I'm going to put it out there. And you know, like six months from now, this conversation is going to be funny because everything's going to look so different. Like all of this is going to shift and transition. And, and there's, and there's really two pieces to this. There's authenticity and then there's exposure and, mm-hmm. and they're not mutually inclusive. You can be very authentic and still need to invest in exposure mechanisms or processes or tools and things like that. Right. But, but, but at the, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's that, it's that authenticity that it's that authenticity that you bring to that. And so what I, anytime I have a conversation with anybody about marketing or advertising or online creating content, I always tell everybody that there is no competition when you are putting out when you're authentic online. Yes. Because there nobody else is you. Right. And when you're authentic, <laughs> you are one of a kind. Now you have the challenge of exposure. So how do you exposure ex, get exposure for that authenticity? And then that's where your targeting and your algorithms and your marketing and, and, and quite frankly, the single most important is consistency. Mm. So the consistency and now the consistency depends wholly on your passion for what you're talking about. So that goes back to your passion. You, there is no way you can force yourself to do something that you're not passionate about. Right. There's no way you can force yourself to do that consistently enough to get the results that you're desiring. Yeah. And nothing ever is going to come out of like, it's the same thing with seeing results in working out in the gym of just being consistent, like if you well, eat better, well, all that and, stuff. And we're talking about two different things too here, uh, here too. So you can be an e-commerce impulse buy uh, um, internet marketer, right? You can make a ton of money selling one-off widgets. Right. Like you can, there's, we're not, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that approach, but that approach is you're always trying to be one step ahead of the market. And then you're having to adjust your strategy once the market catches up. Mm. So it's always, you're always chasing something, but when you're authentic, you that's a foundation that you build on that yes. never ever changes. Yes. You can always learn new tactics, but you can never you 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 are never less authentic if you are just being your genuine self. Yeah. And, and that's what's called <laughs> wow. building a building building your online reputation in your business based on a foundation of trust and authenticity everything else is sand everything else moves everything else has everything else can give and change and and that but you know if you're just if you're a person that you have an audience of people that are loyal to you mm-hmm. and it's a difference between having customers and believers right yeah, or right. <laughs> or or and, and and believers is 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 an an exaggeration of what you're looking for, but it's really people who genuinely connect with you. Right. And and you like you you know this when when your very first conversation with a stranger sounds like they think that they've known you forever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're 100%. just like they're just like, hey Noah, you remember when you said that one thing and you're like, <laughs> I don't know. I recorded that three years ago, <laughs> right. but they saw it yesterday. And, and they've already made this personal connection with you. So now it doesn't matter if, if this business that you're launching takes off or not, or evolves into something else, right. your audience stays with you. Yeah. I'd, I think like up until this point, I mean, you know, like the, the history that I had last year of building another business and sort of being, you know, yeah. exiting from that, that was the big, you know, my big learning or takeaway from that is like, I just didn't have, yeah, I don't have an audience. Like I don't have 
anybody that's like, you know, and, and it's, it's, on, of course, it's a me thing, you know, I, I need to be consistent with putting those conversations out there and just not really like, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to do it for, yeah, exactly what you said. And I think, you know, being a entrepreneur. But now you're doing this. Right. Now 100%. you're doing this and you're, you know, if you stop to think, cause you said this kind of earlier, but if you stop to think about how you feel about people judging your perspective or, or your ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, if you stop to think about it for a minute, you wouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you took that fear, you packed it away and you said, Hey buddy, let's have a one-on-one conversation. Yeah, and that's it. And who cares what anybody <laughs> thinks about it. Right. But, but you know, because you enjoy this conversation that you're going to attract other people that are also going to appreciate that too. conversation. Yes. A hundred percent. I think like a big thing that I've learned about that too, is like the fear that you have of launching a new business or approaching really like almost anything is like the, the fear never really goes away. You just get better at dealing with it. Like you just get better at processing it and like having like a, like acknowledgement that it's there, but I'm not going to let it keep me from doing something that like I am, I really truly just want to do. Like, I think, that and like I feel like the pressure come off of me even on this conversation of just talking about it because like the big thing that I've that I've worked through a lot especially in the where I'm at just sort of in the sequence of my life and my career is not being like going back to the goal setting sort of thing like I have been asking myself like these kind of big overarching questions of like what do I want this business to look like what I want the targets like in my life to sort of be and I'm trying to define it and I was struggling with it and I just for the last month or so, I just kind of let go of it. And I thought, what, what do I want to feel like? What is it that I want to be? What do I want to do for a very long time? And when I just let go of that, and then it brought me back to being present and focus on what's happening here and now. And I'm like, you know what I really do. I have this, you know, network of entrepreneurs that are, you know, I want to have these conversations with that I think are so valuable and so smart. And I just want to be, I want to release them. I just wanted to be open and free and just have these conversations. And I think like, I'm okay with that. So if I could impart that on anybody that's watching, it's just, you don't need to have it all figured out. You just need to start it and just do it. And, you know, just let it go. Let it, let it, let go of like the control a hundred percent. You know, there, there's a, in the self-help industry, there's a, there, there's kind of a saying that people are motivated by one of two things, either to avoid pain or gain pleasure. Gain pleasure. Yeah, and yeah. And mm. I don't, I don't think that that's completely accurate in my life because quite frankly, I thrive on chaos and I seek it out <laughs> it, it, because it's a, it's an indication that you're outside of your comfort zone. Yes. And, and, and I want that chaos. I want to always be challenged. I want to be scared to death. Right. I, I want to, <laughs> I, I, I want to feel like, like if I don't die, I'll be successful. This will be successful. <laughs> and, 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 and for me, like public speaking is one of those things. Oh, wow. Okay. It's like, I love public speaking, but I am scared to death and I turn inside out all the way up to the second when I get up on stage, wow. but then the passion takes over and it's, and, and it's the same thing, like these conversations right here. It's like, is there something scary about us having this conversation? Absolutely. I just, you know, I don't know who's going to see this, but I'm yeah. just like, I'm a high school dropout, <laughs> you know, and this kind of stuff. But, but that's part of, that's just part of what shapes you. Those are the spices that make you the dish along the way that you end up being. Yeah. And, and it's like, I think you have to have, you have to constantly be uncomfortable. I don't like the idea of avoiding pain. I think you and it's not seeking out pain, but it's always being in the absolute ideal state, especially for an entrepreneur, is to be scared shitless mm. and do it anyhow. Yes. And and it's like, if you mm. don't have that first piece of it, then you're not challenging yourself and complacency is just a soul killer right. because it just, you devolve into this thing where nothing really matters. Yeah. And, and it's like, Hmm. it's like, I like the pain. I like being uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't know any other way to do it. I I don't know any other way to do it. And you start to, and, 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 and at some point you get excited when you have a, an extreme challenge, you're like, 
oh boy, this one's going to test me. This is going to be a good one. I know there's something there though. What is it? Yes. Because so many of people in society spend their entire life looking through the rear view mirror, being pissed off that they just ran over the potholes, but they're not looking out the windshield, seeing the potholes coming. Yes. So they spend their entire life complaining oh, wow. about what happened to them and not looking forward at, at where they could, at where they could be and what they could do. Yeah. And, and it's wow. like the past is the past. And if you can derive something, you can derive either, you know, either opportunity or you can be upset about something that happened. Again, this is the things you can control and the things you can't control. Right. You can't control what's in the road or around the corner, but you can control how you react when you hit that bump or you see that car coming on, you know, head, yes. coming head on. Yeah, 100%. And control that reaction in the moment. The reaction. That's what it is. That's all we're responsible for is yes. like our reactions to it. Yes. Yes. And how we process that information. Right. Do we process that information to, to reinforce the, um, the, victim mentality that we already have. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why I didn't succeed because those external forces won't allow me to, right. You know, or do we say, wow, that suck getting punched in the face like that. I, what do I need to do to not get caught by surprise by yeah. that again? Yes. You know, <laughs> and it's like, and it's like, and now you carry that armor with you for the rest of your life. Right. And because we only make those decisions once and then we carry the benefits of it forward for the rest of our lives. Wow. Wow. Jeez. A hundred percent. Wow. Jeez. You know, I, uh, I, I really want to have you back on to talk about our love for float therapy and sensory deprivation. Oh, we got to talk yeah. about, we got to talk about you, that. You changed we... my life with that. <laughs> Let's talk about it a little bit. Let's talk about it. Um, so I found sensory deprivation, this was probably two or three years ago. I had gotten in a pretty severe car accident and I was dealing with just like back and shoulder pain. Um, and so I tried it as just like a way to, and what I was dealing with was like, when I, whenever I would stop at a, at a stoplight, I would see a car coming up behind me and I would kind of panic a little bit. Cause I just thought I was going to get hit again. Like I was just really, really struggling with driving on the road. So I found sensory deprivation tanks. And if anybody that doesn't know, it, it's basically just locking yourself in a space chamber and floating in like thousands of gallons or thousands of um, pounds of Epsom salt in a temperature that is, or water, you know, the temperature of the water is just exactly your body temperature. So just yep. you see and hear and feel nothing all at the same time. And the yeah. profound experiences that I've had in those tanks of just like having an hour to float feels like I can think for a yeah. week and a month at a time. It's insane. And then of course I wanted to to open that up and open those experiences to people that, you know, meant a lot to me. And so that was what I did. I think it was like a Christmas present. I gave you like a, <laughs> a free gift. Yeah. Card yeah. To go yeah do it. It, was a, it, it was a gift certificate. Yeah. So, you know, this, this gets into, so there's a therapeutic side to it, but for me, it's very, it's, it's very metaphysical or spiritual mm -hmm. because it, it is such a loud world. Yes. And, and, and especially me being introverted, I, I spend most of my side, most of my time inside my own head, mm -hmm. but we, you don't recognize how much stimuli there is in the world until you do something like that. Right. So I would say it's the same thing as prayer or meditation yep. um, or anything like that. But the challenge is, is even in any of those environments, prayer or meditation, you are not shutting off the entire world. Right. And, and by literally shutting off the entire world, not only shutting off the entire world, but detaching yourself from your physiology, yes. because that's what the, that's what the float tank is. Yeah. It's like 15 inches of water with 900 pounds of, of, <laughs> of magnesium salts. Yep. And so, and, it, and you can't feel it. So, so eventually your body dissolves and you're mm. just left with your mind. So I use one of these biometric. Yeah, uh, this rings. one's an aura ring. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I used whoop before that. Yep. And while physically I was not, 
it mm-hmm. registers a nap for me every time. <laughs> so it gives weird. me a 30 to 45 minute nap. Yep. So there's 10 minutes of decompressing. Right. Um, yeah. And it, and it, it, it completely changed my life. I do it every once a week and, I love it. and it's, <laughs> I have my routine. It's, it's 20 minutes in the infrared sauna, Yep. cold plunge for three to five minutes, Insane. another 20 minutes in the infrared and then <laughs> oh, an hour yeah. in the, and then an oh, hour beautiful. in the float. Yes. And, and it, it's, you know, people like you, and I think people like me, we don't have a lot of consistency in our lives because we're always looking for that new experience and we're always pushing creating doing something we're always creating and pushing and and it's like like you said before it's that artistic Mm -hmm. way of living out your life yes right and and yeah it, it you really just need and and i love perry's metaphor of 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 connecting with the head office that yep. that that the muse the muse the muse the energy the 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 part of you that we often dismiss as um or define as instinct hmm. is really these epiphanies or these 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 um these these realizations these things that just come into our head that you're like, where did that come from? Right. It's like like tuning into like that wavelength of like the thought and the energy. It's the ask and you shall receive kind of, kind of thing. It's like when you focus on something and everybody listening to this has gone to bed with a, with an issue, with an issue and then woken up in the morning with the answer. (laughs) No idea how you got from A to B. Right. And, and the sensory deprivation float is you consciously carving out um, this environment to allow yourself to have that experience to connect with that muse. That's the biggest thing right there. That's it. It's carving it out. I think like, you know, we, we talk about like work and hard work and, and, you know, like putting in the effort and, but like when you don't like create the constraint of allowing yourself to just think without, again, without an expectation. And you just sort of let like your thoughts flow. Like that's where the deep kind of like profound epiphanies come from of like, Oh my gosh, like, where did that? And you just like, you allow sort of like the, the, the lines to sort of just like connect into itself and without it, like, okay, this is like a specific problem. Like, do you go in with like, I'm trying to solve this problem or do you go in with just the, I'm going to allow things to flow the way that it's going to, the way that things are already going to naturally do it. So my brain and my internal dialogue never shuts off. <laughs> yeah. So <Right. laughs> I do not go in there with a specific, okay. um, yep. I, I actually I don't. purposely, try to not go in there with a specific thought right because that feels to me like you're trying because who are we to know that that's even the right question hmm interesting right because i don't know that i'm asking the right questions and yes. and, and i would argue that <laughs> overwhelmingly we do not ask the right questions wow so i don't believe in i don't believe that there is ever an answer but I do believe that there is always a better question. Wow. wow. And, 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 and you will get information Sheesh. if you concentrate on that question, but it's yes. not going to be the answer. It's just going to open the door to the next question. Right. And if you're looking for a specific answer, cause like you have it already defined and like, you're just going to get the same sort of yes. like, yeah. Wow. Yes. There are no, que- <laughs> there are no answers. There are only questions. Answers Jeez. are wow. just, the evolution of your questions. Wow. 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 That's really interesting. So I let it, so I let it happen. I, it's, 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 I, I, I 100% fully trust and believe in the muse and you can call it whatever you want. You can, you can name it, whatever you want. You can, and, and I don't want to confuse people here by defining it for how I define it. Yeah. 
but that muse exists yes and you have to let them play you have to give them an, an environment right where they can thrive and they right. can play and that's a and very vulnerable environment to be in obviously just floating because, that tank because we're observers in that environment that's it that's all we are well i think it goes back to like what you said earlier of just like there's not a specific i mean like how did you how did you phrase it it's just like when you the the beauty of that of tapping into something like that is it's putting you in a position to search for the answers within you rather than looking externally for like this course or this next person or if i just read this and then like i'm going to have all the answers it's just like what you need is it within you and defining that within yourself is really like how you unlock in my opinion your own abilities like i think the tank gave me like oh i'm everywhere and nowhere all at once and the ideas of who noah is and who noah needs to be for the most part was projected onto me and now i'm in a position where it's all shed and i can put it back and create it the way that i want to and i'm comfortable of securing of just approaching that the way that i want to let, let me drill down a little bit deeper on this because there's a physiological vulnerability to floats that that i think on a very primitive dna level mm -hmm. it it's almost like it hijacks our system. And, and so, so, you know, human beings, human beings and, um, oh, who was this? Who's the, uh, the guy that did the, the new Nova's, uh, the, the physiology, the, or, or the, um, oh, I can't believe I can't remember his name right now. So, so Google. what is it? New Nova? No, it's it's um the 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 astronomist guy, ne um Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. So yeah, Neil deGrasse okay. Tyson, I heard oh, him say. Oh, oh, the time. new Novas. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Okay. So so I heard Neil deGrasse Tyson one time say that human beings are the only animal that lay on their backs and look at the stars. Okay. Wow every other animal is either a prey or a predator and they're looking down at the ground. Whoa. And, hmm. and so, and so when you, and so that hmm. act of vulnerability, that physical act of being vulnerable. Now, when you're in a float tank, you're butt naked, <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's dark and your arms and legs are kind of out there and you're spread out. Right. So if you, if as a, as a, as meat, you are as vulnerable as you could right. ever possibly get 100%. because your eyes are closed. It's dark. You can't see or hear anything. Right. And so there is this very, very primal vulnerability mm. that, that you are giving, you're giving up control over what could happen to you. Yes. in that environment. Wow. And that's quite frankly, why people can't, some people can't do it. Yep. They can't be that vulnerable by achieving that state of vulnerability is, is really, really challenging. And it's really, really life-changing life-changing. Yes. Like, and again, it's, it's the, it's something obviously so out of a normal comfort zone because there is no other environment to experience anything like that. Like I remember the first time doing it, like I was afraid to be away from my phone for like 60 minutes. <laughs> I was like, what's going to happen? I'm going to miss something like this was years ago now. And it's just, it's so funny to, to like have been so aware of it when I was doing that. I was like, oh man, I got, I really need to just, I, I need this more than anything. Cause it's the same sort of thing. Yeah. Like my, my, I don't, my thoughts don't shut down. This never stops. Like this is, yeah. I've completely integrated like my work and my experiences and my life and my friendships and all of it. It's just all one. It's just me. Like, this is something weird about entrepreneurship is like, and I'm curious that like, if somebody asks you what you do, how do you define that usually? Like, what do you usually tell people? Because <laughs> oh, it's just like, I just live. I, I don't, me, I, right? I don't. I usually <laughs> laugh and I usually just say, well, it's complicated. <laughs> right. It's just... It's just like, how, how, how long do you want me to talk about this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, 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 I think at the end of the day, what I, what I do is be present in every single moment. Wow. And, and yeah. then, and then where I am in that moment is what I am doing. Yes. But it's not what I do. Yes. Oh, I love that. And like, when you are so, when you're present in the moment, like you can 
you're very in tuned with what's happening around you. you got your finger on the pulse of things and you can like make you can just feel like how things are shifting like and how you position yourself i think like that for me was something that like i i struggled a lot with of just and again it goes back to like me being a planner me liking having like outcome like i like to find i like you know i like systems i like processes i like following like this is the way that it's going to be but that obviously is it, it's not even like just like it can cap like your success or whatever it is like it just it lowers like the experience of life like it just it, it it's just not as like inviting to like to live that way like when you're when you have like the wake up of just like i don't know what today has in store but i'm gonna approach it with just everything that i have and good energy yeah. like that is that to me like is a you know that's a, a life well lived in my opinion at least like that's the pursuit that i want to to put myself on every day so that's, that's right. it yeah yeah well scott I really appreciate you as always. Again, just to say thank you for taking a chance on me long before anybody ever did. You are a big, big reason why I have the clients that I have, the network that I have without you opening the doors into working with you, working with Josh, introducing me to Perry, introducing me to all these people, everybody in your network. Like I just, from the bottom of my heart, I want to say thank you. You really have made an, such an incredible impact on me and hopefully anybody watching this uh, this interview obviously will will have some of those takeaways too. So Thank you. You are a true gem of a human being. I don't know where I would be without you. So thank you. Truly. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate that. But I mean, the feeling is absolutely mutual. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 you, 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 you exert so much energy and, and, and I, I just, you know, I love your perspective and your energy and um, you know, this is, you created this experience <laughs> and this, and this, this relationship by just being who you are. So uh, I love it. Thank you. I'm going to link anybody, like anybody that's interested in learning more about find my way home, maybe joining the network and wants to learn about your podcast or whatever we got. I'll put links in the descriptions as always. And of course, at some point I'd like to have you back on because there's lots more for us to go into and lots of us to, to this is a short into. conversation for us, <laughs> for us we, right? usually, we can usually go a couple hours yeah i mean we could we could definitely open this up at some point and go a couple hours no doubt um so again scott thank you so much for joining me today i greatly appreciate it and um to all my builders out there i salute you absolutely um and thank you for everybody listening watching if you're on youtube don't forget to i'm new to this still so don't forget to like and subscribe and comment if you like this episode if you're following us on these podcast listening platforms don't forget to follow and rate and review i think is what you're supposed to do um but till next time thank you everybody and i will see you guys in the next episode